The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wraith Record Podcast, episode 94. I have no reaction. I have nothing to say. Oh, my God, 94. Um, uh, good job, guys. But me, like, see, 94 is, is a very, very important year. That's the year the downward spiral came out. I turned five. The downward spiral came out. So, boom, it was a fantastic year. I was like six. I don't know. Oh, wait, 94. Nope, 95. I'll wait till next week to say it. That's fine then. I mean, that, that, that's a whole week away, and this is now. So, uh, your hosts who are somehow still stuck in the 90s are Chris and uh, Savannah trying to take a glass of, or a drink of water at an inopportune time. Absolutely. You knew I was coming with that intro, but yes, I mean, I that's us. Whistle. We're here, and I mean, uh, we're never prepared, but that's how this podcast always goes. So, hey, welcome to the Wraith Record Podcast. Glad you're here to join us, listen to some music, have some good time, talk about music as well as listening to it. So, you know, we're glad you're here. And if you, uh, you know, you really want to show your love and support for the show, if you like what we're doing here, well, there's a, one of a bunch of ways, if not all the ways that you could do it. Like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, and follow. All of those things really do help build up, uh, you know, uh, our, our presence in the algorithm more eyes and ears on the uh, product i was gonna say project product but if this was still a project 94 episodes later i'd be like what the hell's going to oh yeah now you change your name <laughs> on the screen <laughs> perfect now people know your savannah they know your real name oh, oh no crap but now they have to spell it properly but yes, we want more people like you, awesome people like you to check us out. So go ahead and do all, one or all of those things. It really, truly does help. And you can do all that stuff too at ratetherecord.ca. You can find all of our social medias to follow us on and bother us on. You can find all of our streaming links because there's many. There's YouTube and a bunch of audios. There's literally only one video, so that's about it. But many audios, you can check that out. The RTR Club, five bucks a month at kofi.com slash rate the record can be found over there too. We uh, will review your band's music, early access stuff, bonus content, uh, expedited reviews. You a shout out on social media all that kind of cool stuff five bucks a month and you could request albums too over on write the record.ca so one more time because people like things in threes write the record.ca there you go and i was gonna do it again i was I'm waiting like, for it because because just the way you said it and then i looked up and you're like you were kind of like paused in the camera i was like here it comes number four well because you said good things come in threes, so if i do fours it turns into a bad thing so i was like oh i don't want to jinx this that way I think the number four is uh, bad luck in Japan. So you would really oh, would have fucked up an entire country with that one. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Preemptively apologize this moment. Uh, I apologize, Nation of Japan, for the thing that I almost did, didn't do, but almost did, that I am told is maybe offensive, but I didn't do it, but I almost did. It's not offensive. It's just uh, bad luck. Oh, bad luck. Doesn't matter. Bad luck is offensive. Yes, I, I guess it is in some way, shape, or form. But yes, uh, so today on the podcast, we are, I mean, I chose the album. I should point that out real quick. That's why it's such a good album. It's an episode 94, and we're taking a look at Idols in the 2018 album, Joy as an Act of Resistance. 
Uh, we cut back in now, and if my audio sounds different, I apologize. Uh, apparently, it <laughs> sounded like shit the entire time because I changed one little setting, and my mom got scared, and she said I'm moving with my auntie and uncle to Bel Air. But no, seriously, though, I, I fixed it, so hopefully everything's good now. We're fine. Episode 94, it's Idols. I chose the album. Joy is as an act of resistance. Probably... Um, the band I've most recently gotten into on this entire show that I've chosen an album for that could be a lie though. Cause I mean like daughters and Mets like were like within a year. And I think I started getting into idols around June or no May or June. So it's been pretty recent since I really started uh, getting into these guys. Wait of this year, this year, like I just, oh, discovered them. no, wait, no, sorry. It goes at least back to like winter, but still like it's been yeah. less than a year. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. And I just liked this album so damn much. I was like, okay, you know what? I got to fit it in somewhere. I think I had it in like last season. I put it in season six. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, you know what? We're doing it now. I want to do this. I really like it. And I'm very sad too, because so I have two Idols records on vinyl. Uh, and the the fifth anniversary uh, deluxe edition of Joy is an Actual Resistance uh, it was released. It's being released this month. I pre-ordered it, waiting for it to come in. I hope I was hoping it was going to be here for this recording, oh. so I could show it off and tap it on camera, all asthma-like. Uh, but no, unfortunately, I can't. But yes, great album though. When you get it, you should take a picture of it and then re-release this episode, where it's just your mouse dragging the photo of your vinyl in post, and then you're just holding it. And then it disappears, and you're still holding. If we didn't have to lose any of the views or anything, then yeah, absolutely, I would do that. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, well, but before I tell you anything about the band, I guess I should say uh, if you've been here before, then hey, uh, thank you for coming back. Thank you for hanging out with us because, uh, you know, again, we like having people on the show, especially familiar faces. But if you're new here, that's fine too. Welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy your stay. Glad that you're here with us to enjoy and listen to some music because that's what we're all about here. Chances are you need to know we you need to know what we need, we do here. Oh my God, I can first off I can speak properly usually, but not all the time. But regardless, each week's Vin and I will choose an album. It can be completely random, like this week i just chose because i like it uh we'll do anniversary albums we'll do request albums all that kind of stuff like all that fun whatever that's just part of the choice but regardless each week we'll choose an album we'll discuss it at length from front to back we rank the songs and then we rate, we rate the, record, the record everybody we rate the record it's literally the name of the podcast we rate the record yes good job <laughs> As soon as I realized you weren't going to stop talking, I was like, oh, I'll keep going. And I was like, as long as he keeps going, I'm going to keep going. That's going to be one of the most annoying intros I think we've ever done. Everyone just tuned out. I apologize. Uh, that's okay. I bet that we have 93 worst shows. Uh, I disagree because some of them are in the thousands by now. Oh, are we just going to brag about how your music choices are so much better than mine now? Actually, one, of our, one of our highest rated ones is like the Arctic Monkeys, and that oh, that was me. Oh shit! Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that certainly wasn't me. That wasn't a request either. That was me. <laughs> I, I have a good track record on the show. We'll see what happens today. But yeah, first, um, it's not that Idols isn't an unknown band, but I feel like a lot of people probably don't know them. So let me tell you a little bit about Idols and today's album. So Idols is a rock band out of Bristol, England, and they fall under many different subgenres as well including punk, post-punk revival, hardcore, indie, experimental, and more. The band is made up of most of its original members, including frontman Joe Talbot, co-founder Adam Devonshire on bass, and Mark Bowen on lead guitars and backing vocals. And also later, uh, he would incorporate synths and keys. I think in the albums after this one is when he would mainly start doing that. Uh, former members include guitarist Andy Stewart, who would be replaced by Lee uh, Kiernan in 2015, and drummer John Harper, who would be replaced by John Beavis in 2011. So those two guys are now in 
the band full time. Uh, Talbot and De- uh, Devonshire met in the sixth form college, which seems like it's like this weird in between thing, I guess, in England, where it's like you're too smart for high school, but you're too young for college. So it's like called sixth oh. form college or something like that. That's where they were, anyways. Interesting. Uh, so they they met there, uh, and they would eventually go on to open up the Batcave nightclub in Bristol, and that's where guitarist Bowen met Talbot. Uh, Talbot. Uh, Idols would form in 2009 and release two independent EPs between then and 2012, those being Welcome and Meet. It was after those two EPs that Idols would go on to sign with indie label Partisan, where uh, they would release their debut album Brutalism in 2016. The band had developed a more focused sound, in part uh, in part being led by the passing of Talbot's mother, which would help drive the style and lyrical content of that and future albums. Uh, the album did very well, even leading to an opening spot for the Foo Fighters at the O2 Arena in London. So, I mean, hey, a hell of a debut album right there. Right. Uh, they would do several opening slots and many festival appearances in the next couple of years. And this would lead them going back to the studio to record their next full-length album. So, Joy as an Act of Resistance is their second studio album. It was released August 31st, 2018. The album was released through Partisan Records and produced by Space, who has also done a single with The Prodigy and a few other kind of smaller bands as well. Uh, The album deals in themes revolving around experiences that Talbot had dealt with in his life, including toxic masculinity, self-love, immigration, English politics, and the class system. The standout theme of the bunch involving the death of his daughter, Tabitha, that happened during childbirth. Uh, It's one single song on here, but man, does it stand out when you listen to it. It's very, very dark. Um, They wanted to encourage bravery and vulnerability in this album, therefore putting themselves at the forefront to set the example. The album is a massive success across the board, with high acclaim coming from just about everywhere. The album sits at an 88 on Metacritic and many very positive reviews, including a five from a five out of five from NME, 4.5 out of five from those fellows we used to know at All Music, A minus from Vice, and a slew of four to five star reviews and more. The album appeared in many top albums of 2018 lists, including a number one spot on BBC Radio 6 Music. And there's a bunch of top five ratings, uh, including Crack Magazine, Double J, Drowned in Sound, FOP, The uh, the line of best fit, enemy, pot matters, rough trade, the skinny, and many more placements as well. Dang. The album hit number four on the U.S. Heat Seekers chart, number five on the U.K. charts, and number six in Scotland, and many, many more placements, just a little lower than that. The album spawned five singles altogether: Colossus, Danny, Den- Danny Nadelko, Samaritans, Great, and Never Fight a Man with a Perm. I absolutely love that song title. I, I think you kind of hinted at it last week too when I think we were just about to end our Zoom call and you started looking at the set list. Like some of these song titles are fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. Well, now I get to know your actual thoughts on them because now it's time oh, to yeah. jump in and start this review. Oh, so, okay. Song number one Colossus. The drums, they are an anxiety-inducing metronome, and I did not like... Okay, I'm going to be quite honest, and just my whole general overview with the album, uh, did not know what I was getting into. Uh, First listen, at the first couple songs, I'm like, don't know where this is going, because I didn't know what genre I was sort of listening to, so I was like, I don't... What is happening? It's like hard to categorize. But the second listen, because I knew what to uh, what to expect, far, far more enjoyable. That was kind of um, like me, too. <laughs> right? Yeah, the first time you're like, what? Second time you're like, ah, I dig this. Um, and uh, overarching, just because there are so many songs that I mentioned this, the drums, 
fantastic the entire album um so in this one they uh the drums they are an anxiety inducing metronome uh did not like um and i hope this song isn't indicative of the whole album she says uh it's not 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 wholly at least um, I'll start off by saying, like, because uh, I had just mentioned before that I had only just recently started listening to Idols. Um, I should have mentioned this earlier, too. When I, f- I first started listening to them, because, like, there, there's, like, a laundry list of bands I've been meaning to listen to and never got around to. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily anything I'd put on the show either, because, like, I, I would like some sort of idea of what I'm listening to if I'm going to pick a band. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, I think the band Swans is another one that I've been meaning to dive into. This is also how I found Daughters and Mets and everything like that, which we've been on the show before. Uh, so Idols, I was I, I happened to see like a live video pop up on my, my YouTube feed. And I was like, I've been meaning to listen to them. So probably not the best way to start but listening to them. But then I watched a live performance and like they were just so intense and I was so intrigued. And so, yeah, from there, I was like, OK, you got my intention. What do you got? And I started listening to the albums and like, holy shit, like I caught on like immediately. So yeah. uh, then this album being one of the most popular to date, like that, when I heard this one, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good to go. Trust I me, mean, I am so surprised that it was so recent that you got into them, though, because this sounds like something that I could imagine you listening to since the time it came out. You would think, yeah, but like I got more into punky stuff around 2019, 2020. Yeah. Like that's kind of when like the punk side of things that I like started to come out more. Uh, so that's probably why Idols was more in like my wheelhouse at that point. Yeah. So maybe it's better that I found them later. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I, uh, so far, I like it. Okay. Well, that, that's good to know, even though it's like anxiety inducing for you. Although, to be fair, I get it with the song Colossus. Um, I'll start by saying, this song is likely the best album opener I've ever heard. Really? Like, and that's that's saying a lot because like the thing is, I've heard like a lot of good album openers where I was like, holy shit, like this is like just off the top of my head, like Mr. Self-Destruct by Nine Inch Nails. It's like fantastic, intense, kind of scary, but like it, it's everything you want it to be. It's like it's like it, it's intense, exciting, energetic. This one's a hell of a lot of fun. I really like this one. Uh, and just kind of running through that too, like his, I mean, you start out with like, yeah, that kind of like ticking metronome bass kind of yeah. one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, I think three, it one. might get faster as it goes too. Uh, towards the end of the song, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think the rest of the song just kind of stays at its own pace. Uh, the distorted bass starting on the track too, it sets a great tone. It's very menacing and intense on its own. So, I mean, like, yeah, it kind of like fills you with that dread almost immediately. And mm-hmm. even just like Joe's vocals are kind of like low to start before like picking up intensity but yeah like i love the way this one starts and there's like a feeling of building all throughout so it's pretty intense to get through this one yes i agree um i wasn't like again wasn't sure what to expect and it did kind of feel like it was going to explode into something where it kind of did not to the degree in which i was hoping uh or maybe anticipating um but uh but then the song just changes completely and then i was like oh what is this called oh it's still the same song what i honestly thought i i I don't know the reasoning for keeping it at like keeping it together as one song i feel like it would have made more sense to split it up but there has to be a good reason why they wanted it that way 
Well, I, I like the way they have it only because like, again, this song just builds and builds and builds for like three and a half to four minutes. And it did like, that's the one thing I like. It has a great feeling of building and it just keeps like adding more and getting more intense as it goes each cycle through. Mm-hmm. And I really like that because you know, it's going to pay off at some point. So it's not just going to do this and just like drop off the face of the fucking earth. Like that wouldn't we make sense. We've heard some songs that do. So I don't know what to expect anymore. Well, even when went back when I didn't know what to expect when first hearing this song and album and everything like that, the idea was like, I knew something was going to happen. Then you get to that, like, there's this blank, empty space of like 20 seconds for when the climax happens. And you think, yeah. But I, I, as soon as that kicks in, I was like, okay, something is, because he even fucking warns you in the lyrics, it's coming, it's coming. And then he screams, it's coming, it's coming. And then fuck did it come if you want to cut that out of context <laughs> which we all do um i did mention that uh so you got the the two parts of the song and as it's transitioning over it like god came down and picked me up and pulled me out of the chaos and then moved me over and dropped me down like a claw machine into different chaos, which was the end of the song. There was no yeah. reprieve from the chaos. Yeah, and that like last minute and a half to two minutes is like fucking <laughs> it's fun. It's absolutely kick-ass. <laughs> I, I love it. It's just so fast, so energetic, so fun. The the lyrics are really great too. Did, I'm sure you picked up on the wrestling references. Uh, I, I wrote verbatim, you know damn well I heard Ted DiBiase. <laughs> what about Stone Cold Steve Austin? Fun. No, I okay, didn't. Okay. It was funny because the reference to Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't make a lot of sense because like the very first line is, I'm like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I put homophobes in coffins. Now, listen, I'm not going to say that Steve Austin's a homophobe, but I've not, I've never known him to put homophobes in coffins. Hell, buried alive matches weren't even his thing. Casket matches weren't his thing. I, I was gonna I was gonna say normally they would be around the Undertaker, but is are is the Undertaker a homophobe? I mean, I know he's super Republican. Is Mark Calloway a homophobe? Yeah. I certainly hope not. <laughs> click click this to go to Sports Read the article. Oh but my the, god. But the ringmaster Steve yeah. Austin, is he a homophobe? We don't know. But like because I was going to say, like, he just usually raises hell and leaves. He stuns everyone, drinks yeah. beer. And if they happen to be homophobes, then I guess that works, I suppose. But yes, the t- Ted DiBiase, uh, I win no matter what it costs me. That's that's straight up, like, on Ted DiBiase. Oh, uh, yeah. They mentioned Fred Astaire, who's like a dancer from like the 50s. I, oh, 50s. I love him. Yeah. Oh, you he's, know him, in right? my, he's in my favorite film from 1935. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's like old school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Evil Knievel, uh, Jesus Christ, and then the last one was Reggie Cray, who's like a mobster. So that's why I guess that's why because he's listing all these people who have like positive influence, and then he lists this mobster, and that's when the song just abruptly cuts out. Yeah, which the abrupt cutout is like it's it's so sad to me because I love that portion of the song, I love the entire song, but like I guess it makes sense when it's just kind of like you reference this thing that you are that probably it's like one of these things. It's not like the other, probably the mobster. Yeah, and then that's it. Yeah. But a uh, yeah. fantastic start to the album, really. Um, the end sounds like it could be in a racing game like Forza. I definitely got that energy from it, which I I kind of agree with it being a good uh, first track. I mean, the first part of it, I was like, what am I listening to? Because I don't know what's to come. So I kind of like a little appetizer so I know what's on the rest of the album. Uh, but this was kind of like... I, I don't know, a swerve. 
you think you're getting an appetizer, but all it is is water in a latex balloon. And you're like, oh, okay. I, think- I hope I hope the rest of the meal or the rest of the courses are better. I mean, I I could have eaten that whole thing up and been good to go with the rest of my meal. It's fine, but uh, I, I think I remember Joe Talbot saying in an interview that um, when they started writing that song for the album, they they wanted to put so much into it that they thought people had gone they had gone crazy with like cocaine, i.e. like Oasis, <laughs> for example. Yeah, uh, he's just like we want people to think that we're off our fucking rockers with that one. So like they just purposely went for mm. it. And I don't know. I think it paid off. I think it was great. Mm. Why not? I give it three out of five fish and chips. Oh, we're going with like Chipses. English stuff now, eh? I, I I was and then dropped it immediately. Good. <laughs> it was gonna get it was gonna get offensive. So I was, I like, was gonna no. say, how much uh delicious English cultural food can you dig through? Well, I have an English father, and I grew up with him eating hot dogs with mayonnaise. So Okay. That's strange. That's okay. I do it now, so you are your father's daughter. I definitely am, yes. Alrighty then, song number two, Never Fight a Man with a Perm. My first line is, I'm going to hate these lyrics, aren't I? Three points later, yeah, I hate these lyrics, but the punky, we don't need to rehearse attitude kind of makes it okay. But what do you hate about the lyrics, though? I think they're really fun. Um... I, I, I don't know. I, it's just my gripe that I have with lyrics that uh, sound like they suck or sound like they were written by a child. Uh, but he purposely, like I said, he purposely simplified the lyrics on this album, by the way. That's what I'm saying. Like the whole, like the punky, like, I don't know. It feels more DIY. So I feel like you can kind of get away with it because if it sounded too polished and too perfect and you had lyrics like that, then it would kind of cheapen the music. But when you're really self-aware of what you're doing, I, I don't know, it's kind of weird. It's like fine, I guess, but still just the lyrics as a whole. I was like, eh, kind of annoying. Um, also, the chorus, speaking of lyrics, uh, it's funnier to sing Ocean's Eleven. No, it's not. I, I don't know what he says. Concrete and leather. Sure, saying Ocean's Eleven is funnier. I disagree. There's like Why? zero comedy there. Why? I was singing Ocean's Eleven to it, and I had a good time. As long as you're in a crowd, no one can hear you singing. That's all that matters. I had earplugs in, and I was in a room by myself. Fantastic. Uh, this song has uh, like a, there's actually several songs on this album that do this, but this has a good example of like good tom drums throughout the track and everything like that. Oh, look, I'm mentioning that again. Uh, but it gives good depth <laughs> to the percussion. I like it. And you're not just like you're not just heavily relying on like symbols all the time. So it's really cool. Drums are good. Uh, I thought there was a really fun composition. The verses, I really like it. Uh, the vocal melody is like aggressive, but yet fitting to everything happening. Uh, the guitar layering uh, in each side is also very much appreciated. It's really good texturing. And actually, that happens a lot on this album, too. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, so far, so good. I'm liking it. Okay, so I'm just going to tack on everything you just said because it's pretty much how I feel. Uh, I really like the sound of the chorus and the guitar tone slash the chords. Uh, Speaking of the tone and chords, uh, I don't know what sort of made up wonky ass chords that that guitar is playing for the majority of this album, but it is like spooky and confusing, but really interesting. And the further we go into it, the more I start to like it. 
Um, the drums, super full, really like it. Like you said about the guitar on either side, the guitar plucking in my ear, you kind of have to pay a little attention to it. But once you know it's there, it's like it would feel kind of hollow if it was gone. Um, and the oh, the song is constantly changing. And I feel like this is for a lot of other songs coming up, but it kind of changes my perception of time because normally you'll listen to like a three minute song and you're like, oh, I can kind of tell when it's three minutes or, you know, without looking at it. And this one, I have no idea when the song's going to end according to the timer. This could have been on for six minutes, could have been on for two minutes. I have no idea. I fell into it. It encapsulated me and then spit me out its rear end. And now I'm covered in some sort of plasma. And I give it eight out of 11 lemons. A lot of lemons. I didn't know he was saying leather. So I just thought he said lemons. You just said Ocean concrete. Eleven. Now you're yes. just changing your story to no, make no, sure no. be funny. No, no. Well, I am funny, but it was Concretes and Lemons because I wasn't sure what he was saying and I didn't want to look it up. Some of them I did, not this one. Uh, and then I was singing Ocean's Eleven just because I thought it was funny. That's all. Well, this is uh, one of many songs on the album that calls out toxic masculinity. So, I mean, you probably get that just by listening to a few things, even though he's got that really thick British accent. So, I mean, like he's from Bristol. So it's like, you know, I don't want to say the slums, but it's like smaller town for sure. I do have to ask you a question now. It isn't on this song or the next one, but there are a couple songs on here where the singing is much, much clearer. Is it the same guy or is it a different person? Same guy. Because I barely hear any of that accent in some of these clear more singing uh songs i swear it sounded like a different person because once you get that accent and it is it is thick oh my god does not sound the same that that is um adaptability doing stuff like that I guess a lot of it has to do with just like what's happening in the song at the time and what it calls for because like obviously like he's a man with range and I won't, I don't mean like, you know, like your scale yeah. of like notes. I'm just talking about like, he knows when to calm down. He knows when to get aggressive. He knows when he can go overboard and he knows when like he has to dial it back a bit. Like in yeah. there's many points on this album where he shows all of that. So, I mm-hmm. mean, that, that's what I really like. Even when he's getting like really kind of unhinged, crazy sounding, it fits. He's not yeah. just throwing it in for the sake of doing it. Like it, it, it matches the attitude of the song and he matches the attitude live too. Like I, yeah. I've seen like, like, I think I've watched like four live performances by them now because I'm just waiting for them to come back to Toronto. Apparently, I got into them just as they came to Toronto, so I missed it. And so I'm sitting there like, motherfucker, I gotta wait like another year or two before they come back to Canada. Right. Because they're constantly touring the world. Like, they never fucking stop. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, he's he's really good. Joe Talbot is a really smart man when it comes to, like, being that charismatic front, front man. He knows exactly what he needs to do. But like with the accent, the fact that you can pretty much turn it off and on at will while singing. Okay. Dang. Yeah. I mean, maybe he just, it's just like slowing down and thinking more and being able to yeah. like articulate more. Not that English people can't. I don't want to start any fucking arguments with that. Oh, that's, I understand. I think right now on their Spotify, their little Spotify bio, bio says, love is the thing. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I was watching all the the uh animations and stuff behind the uh the song playing on spotify yeah they have several music videos for this album yeah interesting uh i only have two more notes for uh fight a man with perm or never fight a man with perm uh 
the chorus is yes, yeah, super powerful, super catchy. I love it. It's so simple, but super impactful. So, I mean, there's a lot to take in just from like literally three words being repeated in the course, but it's just, it's done in such like a strong way that it just gets you pumped. It's so good. Uh, part of me wanted another course, but I'm ultimately really glad that we didn't get one because it works so much better of how it is. And it kind of gives the song more replay value to me. So I like mm-hmm. that. Right. If you're like, oh, I want to hear it again. At least you're listening to the, what, three and a half minutes and not trudging through a five and a half minute song just to get to a part you want to hear again. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the song ends positively, too, where he's just like, I'll shut my mouth. Let's hug it out. So, I mean, like, yeah. look at him being the better man. Good. You see a lot of that in this album. He, like, as angry as some of these songs sound, they're actually quite positive in the end with, like, the lyrics. <laughs> I was not expecting that at all because every time we do an album of like a band or artist that I've never heard of before, uh, I'll kind of, you know, talk to my partner. I'm like, oh, this is what we're doing uh, this week. And he asked me, he's like, oh, what kind of music is that? And I said, well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like aggressive, punky-ish. If they were yelling, love yourself, you're worth something. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to feel like someone is yelling positive affirmations to me. I've never had that before. But it was nice. It was kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, and like that that's the thing is like when Brutalism came out, uh, they realized that they kind of gave off this aura of like big, strong, angry man type deal. Uh, and I mean, there are some songs on the album that aren't like that but there are yeah. on that album so on this one they kind of wanted to change the narrative and hence why i said in the description they wanted to to like show off even more like just brave and vulnerable and everything like yeah. that and don't think that it's a sign of weakness to show emotion and like show who you really are type deal so they wanted that positivity to radiate on this album and it does pretty much everywhere yeah very feel good album no matter how, how angry it sounds although he's he's yelling at some people in some songs but it's like a political thing where he's just like you yeah. racist government fucks can just go to hell type deal you know yeah, typical yeah. punk affair yeah 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 that's that's the uh the part of this that really appeals to me because i used to listen to, like political punk and stuff i guess from the maybe 2002 to 2008 so obviously past its prime but you know you get into it as you age i guess and um i feel like i kind of got some of my ideals from that so hearing people still doing that and I'm an adult and I'm like, I still resonate with some of those ideas. I'm like, man, I didn't realize how much of my core belief uh, music like this actually built when I was younger. And I mean, it's just sort of uh, supported now, which I think is pretty cool. It's funny because this kind of punk or like not specifically this, but like punk music in general didn't really start rating with me until I was like in my mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like I started listening to like, you know, Dead Kennedys and like Misfits and stuff like that. And it's like bands I had like kind of just passed over in high school didn't even bother yeah. with because it's just like, oh, whatever. I'm in the metal right now. I'm into like dark, heavy shit. Yeah. But then like mid to late 20s, I discover all this punk music. I'm just like. God, there's a lot, like, a lot of cool stuff here. I like the messaging. I like the music. It's still aggressive, but a lot of it's still fun, too. And generally, I can't say it's all positive, but I mean, yeah, like you can tell where their intentions are coming from. Yeah, I like it. I mean, especially when songs are straightforward called like Nazi punks fuck off, like <laughs> one, of, one of the most like prime examples. Um, Anti-Flake has a song called, uh, called uh, the WTO Kills Farmers or something. And I'm like, all right, all right. Well, Idols has a song called I'm Scum, so that's song number three right now on this album. 
<laughs> um, so just the the chorus. Um, what the hell does this mean? The chorus comes back to audibly perceived normal. Oh, it's okay. I can oh, oh, that's what it means. Okay. No, 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 it goes on with the other one. So the again, guitar chords sound very wonky, but I really enjoy it. And I don't I do not know how to explain this properly, but during the verse, it's all like wonky and sort of unsettling. But in the chorus, it comes back to what I would call like audibly perceived normal. Because I don't want to say normal, but like, you know, when you listen to a song, you're like, this feels comfortable. Like it, I don't know how that makes sense. Maybe it's certain chords or something but things are less warbly in the chorus as they are compared to the verse and like uh everything has like a positive infliction on it including like the melodies and everything like that so that's why it probably brings that sense back because like yeah like you just got the bass kind of like skipping in the background a little bit with the drums and the guitars yeah kind of coming and doing their like layering stuff and everything like that joe just kind of like when i say lazily singing i don't mean that in a bad way he's just kind of like drifting through the song just kind of like swaying with it while he's singing you can kind of hear him swaying too yeah yeah but i i i like that it's, it's this song has a really fun shuffle beat so it's, it's kind of giving you something new to go with right now so that's nice uh it's it's really bouncy it's not too intense and even the guitars like again the kind of like you were hinting at i think they have a very playful riffage going on so uh just one of those songs that like pulls back the aggression of the first two yeah. and just kind of like shows the more fun side of what's going on. So I, I kind of like that. I, I, you know, I just keep wanting to talk about the drums. I know it's an overarching statement, but it's like in every song, I just want to say that the drums are like, they're, I love that they're doing more than just like a straight beat. The floor toms fit right in with the bass. Everything seems like a puzzle where like each piece fits with the other one nicely and then you look at the picture and it's this song so i like it um the chorus i can totally see a drunken bar just singing like a basement bar singing i'm scum um with like intense accents and uh 10 out of 10 at least he's self-aware well yeah this i i believe this song is like a satire on how like specifically like the english tories because again like they're from england so yeah uh, the tories being like the conservative party of canada i.e like just as an example uh how they view like people like him and like how they kind of just do their day-to-day thing so he's just like mm-hmm. i'm doing all this stuff and i'm scum because of it even though it's like none of what he lists really makes him scum mm-hmm. it's just kind of like it, it's kind of like poking it's like this is what they see as bad apparently one yeah. of the lines is like i over tipped the waiter it's just like well, you can do whatever you want. It's your money. It's like doesn't make you scum, though. I mean, like yeah, yeah. I don't know. So that's that's why I like like tongue in cheek songs like this. I think it's really cool. Uh, but yeah, that chorus is insanely fun. Yeah, uh, it, it's really easy to sing too, as long as you can get to the accent. For for a long, long while, I've known I'm dirty, rotten, filthy scum, and then for a long, old while, I've known I'm scum. But yeah, like super fun. And like, it's one of those things, especially as a millennial, that you're just like, oh my God, me, because we're so self-deprecating. So I mean, like, that's why it makes it so fucking easy to listen to. Yes, I agree. Actually, one of their pieces of merch too is a pink shirt with a white heart and red letters in the middle, just in very nice font says, I'm scum. That's it. I like it. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's funny. I like um, it. I, I, I thought the the sudden abrupt end of the song would actually bother me a bit, but uh, considering how long the track is, I mean, and what it gave us, it was actually quite fitting. So, and that happens a lot on this too, where they kind of like just yeah. end abruptly. But you know what? It doesn't bother me because again, like this is like a very punk adjacent album and like, well, punk songs aren't known to be the best structurally 
realistically. So yeah, I won't complain about it. I like what I get while it's there. So here we go. It's not like prog rock where you're expected to do this, that, and the other thing. You got to wrap this up beautifully. No, yeah. this is this is punk. Who cares? Yeah, uh, I, I like that uh, analogy because I'm I'm thinking of it like a book. So prog rock is like hardcover, leather bound. You have the book, everything's together. It's brand new. Smells of, I don't know, some people like the smell of books. And like a $75 bookmark right? because it just has to be so fancy. Right. And then this song or sort of music like this is one that you found in your friend's couch that you bought from them for 20 bucks and half of the pages are missing, but you kind of want to read it anyways. And then you get the gist of the story and it's fine. It doesn't matter that the last chapter in the back cover is missing. Yeah, and like some of the pages, they're kind of like rounded because it's been like just like kind of torn and worn being like in someone's locker for a long time. There's watermarks on it. And instead of bookmarks or anything, there's like the pages are folded to show you where they last read a page. Yeah, or like like one American dollar for a bookmark. That's it. That's too much. It'd have to be British pound anyway. (laughs) They're they're from England. Fair, fair. (laughs) Gotta be fair about it. Okay, we're good to move on then. A song number four, Danny Nadelko. And by the way, I'll just kind of give a, a, a little story to this song. Yes, well, not so please. much a story, but Danny Nadelko is indeed a real person. Uh, a very good friend of Joe Talbot's. Uh, he's the lead singer of the band Heavy Lungs, which I hadn't heard of before I heard who Danny Nadelko was. Uh, he's a Ukrainian immigrant. Uh, they're best friends and they they love each other and then quotations just love you know just like best friends whatever they love yeah. each other so much that they wanted to write each other songs that were like uh like declarations of love and friendship and so this is like a, a pro-immigration type song because again Danny Nadelko himself was an immigrant to England from Ukraine and I believe uh if anyone wants to check it out Heavy Lungs wrote the song I think it's called Blood Brother or Blood Brothers something along the lines of that but that was a song written for Joe Talbot so mm-hmm. they they did it back and forth this is the one we're getting, Danny Nadelko. This is the punk bass that brings me back to my teens. This is exactly what I was talking about in the last song. Um, uh, the squealing guitar at times mimics harmonizing background vocals. At least I kind of got that here and there. I really, really enjoyed that. because so I was like, oh, there's some vocals. Then it just turned into a guitar. And I was like, hmm multi-purpose very nice although Again, there could be vocals a lot of the background vocals are very quiet on this oh, album yeah. i find so i mean like maybe there's maybe. some there hiding i don't know like sometimes you can hear it and sometimes they're quieter so who knows uh if it ends up being vocals perfect uh production choice i really like the placement it was perfect um again we're only what four songs in now and i'm gonna say this for like the next eight songs the chorus banger they're just they're practically chorus, every song, they're a yeah. chorus band. Yeah. Very enjoyable, very memorable. They I know like their fucking hooks. I mean, like, God, are they smart for it? Heck yes. Like even going back to Colossus, the the, the hook was literally goes and it goes and it goes, goes and it goes. But just the, yeah. the, it changed every time you heard it. So like it was just it was much more intense and different every single time. So like even with that being that yeah. simple still made it interesting and they still made it fun so yeah four songs in and the, yeah another fantastic course in this one too uh the one thing that stands out very clear to me you already said the guitars and i did say like the kind of dro- droning and noisy guitars throughout the verse i thought they were great i loved mm-hmm. it uh interesting choice to have those as like the basis of the entire atmosphere of the verse at the very least because yeah, the course is a whole kind of different thing it like 
it's, it's a great chorus, super catchy and singable. Uh, and I also like the, the, the switch up to the guitars as well, because they kind of go into this like higher indie rock range of guitar that you would have heard in like the early to mid two thousands with a lot of, a lot of those like indie rock and garage rock revivalist bands. Yeah. But like just the guitar tones, despite the fact that you just, to, to the audio listeners, I'm now commenting on her doing the puking motion. Yes, yes. Uh, I was never I into. I was never into like that folky crap. Uh, in I didn't say the, folky. No, but I just like I don't know those garage. I don't. I white stripes, and then listening to them now, I'm like, wow, they sucked. But I'm just saying, like the the tone of the guitar and the chorus kind of reminded yeah. me of that, and I, I like uh, that they did that. It wasn't just like all low stuff. Like it felt very bright, inviting, which. A song about pro-immigration. I mean, bright and inviting is probably a good aura to put out there. Yeah. Isn't there another one that's about that as well? Immigration? Maybe it was just... Very this. likely. Yeah. I I'll, probably, I'll probably mention it once we get there then. Yeah. There's a, a bunch of these song titles that for some reason I can't place into the actual song. Uh, but this one uh, definitely says his name repeatedly. So it's very hard to not know this song from the title. He wanted and people I, to know who he was. <laughs> I bet Danny Nadelko is just sitting there raking in the royalties. Um, I, I will say that um, in Blood Brothers, because by by Heavy Lungs, I'm, I'm sure I, I'm misremembering that song title. But the one I mentioned before, I did listen to it because I was very curious about the call and answer. Uh, between the bands uh, he, he says Joe Talbot's name once and it's like literally this this line towards the end of the song where it's like this bridge building up and he's just like I love you Joe Talbot yeah like so he says it straight up but like he mentions it but it's, the whole song is about like you know the connection of them being like practically brothers yeah, yeah. and like it, actually even with Joe Talbot like whenever he talks about a friend of his he always says like brother or blood brother like he refers to them as that yeah the first time I saw I saw like uh, a live video of Idols Talbot called the bassist like this is my brother Adam but it's like not his brother but I didn't know that at the time I was like oh they're related they don't even look related yeah, yeah. interesting well, that's nice yeah it is very, very uh, nice sentiment again very positive punk <laughs> yeah yeah um, I don't have much more for this one. Uh, I did enjoy it. I feel like I always have much more to say when I don't like a song. Um, but I I don't like spelling in songs. Um, most of it. Okay, I can never remember what they said for me to keep track of what I should be spelling. Yeah. I've been trying to figure out B-A-N-A-N-A-S, S-A-N-A, for like 20 years. That's like a few I, letters. I cannot get it. I have no idea what, what she this is This shit saying. is ba-na-ga-la-ba-na-ba-na. What the fuck does yeah, that mean? Yeah, yeah. And then I just push the TV off the stand. I have no idea what's happening. This song gets a 12, gets 12 Daniels. 12 Daniels. Okay, fair enough. Yes. Unity. A whole, a whole dozen of Daniels. Well, Danny Nadelko's. Uh, he's <laughs> also, uh, Danny Nadelko community, so fuck you. That's what he spells out, so. Okay, I think I got lost in community, because fuck you, I definitely got, and Danny Nadelko, I got. I, I like the fuck you lost part. me in the middle. Because of the Y, the O, and the U, and the U, and the U. He's just like throwing it back in your face, I love it. <laughs> like literally poking you in the chest and you're like i just want to listen to your song sir if if you're not pro-immigration then fuck you 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 yeah exactly you're cool but you and you 
there was a slight change up in the final course of the song too. Uh, I thought that was cool. It was, they shortened it up a bit. They did a bit of a chord changes compared to the other ones. So it made it feel different and it actually gave it purpose for coming back around one last time or at halftime, I guess. Yeah. So yes, I like it. A lot of fun. Good song. I agree. hundred percent. Perfect. We'll move on. Song number five, love song. What a spooky start for a song called love song. To be fair, it is a satire on like the way uh, people deal with modern love. That line that said what something like, um, look at this card, it says I love you. I absolutely adore that line because I can imagine getting one where it's like, uh, I guess I feel this way. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I fucking like love you. I really do. I really love you. Look at this card I bought. It says I love you. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. That's hilarious. Yeah, this, this is just like how like love feels so dead now because it's it, it can be just bought so easily. Like that's kind of the message of the song and how it's like show your love and don't just fucking buy a card or yeah. like do some cheap materialistic shit, you know, like that's kind of the whole idea behind the song and I, I can appreciate that whatever i mean like if you love the person you're with you should show them that you love them i mean like yeah yeah fucking it goes far beyond valentine's day i um, i just wanted to to share a, a small little thing um so i am always jealous of those uh people who will get things for valentine's like a little bear or a little this or little that or little chocolates i'm like oh that's so sweet I think I received one little bear uh, one year from someone I was like just starting to date. And I swear to God, I looked at it and went, fuck am I supposed to do with this? Obviously not in front of them, but like by myself, it's like, the fuck is this? So you always want what you don't have. And then when you have it, you're right. Or like, you're like, this sucks. And then but, you write a song about it. But at the same time, you could receive it at any point in the year. It doesn't have to yeah. be that day. You can have very yeah. nice things done for you on, and literally any other day of the year. So I wouldn't worry too much about yeah. not getting shit on Valentine's Day. I, I know. But like when you see everyone else doing it, and you're young, like you're in your 20s. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, not now. Not now. Like, I don't care about Valentine's Day. My birthday is most important because it's just me. I don't have to share that with anybody. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you've just awakened the grade four trauma in me. So now I'm going to kind of tag onto your story because you literally could have been the girl in this story. I'm about to tell like quite literally. Mm -hmm. So I had a crush on a girl when I was in my fourth grade class. And like, yeah. I was just like, just so infatuated. I think it was like the first big crush I ever had. Cause when you're in the fourth grade, you're what, like nine years old, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Did your hands get sweaty when you went near her and stuff? I couldn't speak properly. It was one of those stereotypical, yeah. like, little cartoony, like, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so came the day, Valentine's Day, uh, and, you know, handing out cards and putting them on people's desks, because we know there's, like, little boxes on the yeah. desk, like, typical fucking elementary picking school the, stuff. Picking the best one for the one you like the um, most. I'm, I'm putting cards, putting cards, putting cards. Get to her desk. Snoopy plushie with a heart in it, and the card is inside the heart. And I remember she just kind of, like, everyone surrounded her, so she's clearly embarrassed. Uh, but everyone surrounded her. She just kind of like looked at it and then looked up with like kind of dead eyes and like a cocked smile that was just like, you fuck. And I just kind of looked. It and, and so then I looked you. at her and I realized she wasn't like, she didn't look happy. And I was just kind of like, oh, and just like hit away. And my heart was fucking broken that day. Oh my God. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you get this like little bear, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? I'm like, you could have been her, oh, but you were on. not even in Hamilton at that point. So yeah. it's definitely not you. And also yeah. you have two different names. So if you changed your name suddenly since the fourth grade, I'd be shocked. I I have not. I have been lame-o-mix-saxton for the last 34 years. <laughs> 
Well, there you go. So, but just <laughs> I, I like how there's still a slight tie-in with those stories. So it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Finally, we're actually telling stories that are on topic. Yeah, you would think so. Except, right? except this one time where we, I'm just kidding. Fuck off. No, we're moving on. <laughs> well, love song more like hate song. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we haven't even started talking about this goddamn thing yet. No, like, even if the stories so are on topic, I'm pretty sure people are getting tired of us going on tangents. That, or maybe that's why you like us so much. I don't know. But anyways, Love Song by Idols, the one we're actually supposed to be discussing. Um, one thing I really like about this, and they they do it periodically through albums, not just this one. But I love the uh, 80s post-punk feel of the instrumentals in this one. This, this one mm-hmm. feels like like an, like a... The, I mean, the, the most stereotypical band to compare to is like Joy Division because like they were like post-punk and what everyone points to as like, oh, that's 80s post-punk right there. Oh. So like that style of it. And like, so when I say 80s post-punk, that's kind of the style I'm thinking of just for mm-hmm. reference. Uh, but I, I love that, that that style of music is driving this track. I really do enjoy it. Uh, it's definitely more atmospheric and it's kind of moody too because yeah like as you said it feels kind of like creepy and maybe even a little yeah. evil to start the thing out but like it as it goes it's like very aggressive too but again that's kind of part of the satire um i didn't well i didn't wholly know that it was satire but you hear little lines that you're like okay it's quite obvious um so i didn't mention any of that clearly um but this song didn't bore me at all. Uh, the whole album thus far have not been bored at least one time. So thank God. Um, that is a big thing with me because as soon as I'm bored a little bit, it's really hard to get me back. But they haven't lost me yet. So that's good. Um, I really enjoy that. Okay. I hope this all makes sense. So there are like guitar hits during the intro. And as they let it ring out, they literally let it ring out completely naturally because before the next one, you can kind of hear it's still ringing out. I'm really glad that they didn't cut the end of that, that they just let it happen because I think it sounds so good. It would have sounded fake otherwise. And even the first time hearing the song, I noticed that and I was like, that's like a really long ring out. And I really liked that a lot. Um, Three out of six cinnamon hearts. Only three out of six. (laughs) I do not like Cinnamon Hearts, so three is far too much. Uh, But I also was thinking of Valentine's Day listening to this song. So there's that. (laughs) Of course, love. We just told stories. I mean, I told the Valentine's story at the very least. It was the card line really, really drew the picture for me. (laughs) It says, I love you. <laughs> but he, like, you can really pick up on the idea that it's like, aside from certain lyrics, like just the course alone, you can pick up on satire because like the way he's just kind of like nonchalantly kind of wailing on this modern love, this modern love, like just like not even giving a shit about it. Like it's like, okay, he clearly doesn't care. So it's pretty interesting. I did not know that's what he was saying. Yes. This modern love. Thank, thank you. I feel like you're putting another spin on it. We're going to have to redux this with the you. Will, I I'm, fine. I'm fine <laughs> with my score. <laughs> I will do it. Uh, all right. Uh, so I guess we'll just move on. Song number six at the halfway point now. Uh, June. Uh, this is where things get really dark. Uh, this um, is the one I kind of hinted at in the uh, description of the album uh, about the, the, the his stillborn daughter. His firstborn was a stillborn. And I mean... You can hear it in the lyrics very clearly. How like, do you, know, you not know? Dreams can be so cruel. I dreamed that Chris kiss your crying eyes. But of course, the most like heart-wrenching line, baby shoes for sale, never worn. 
Like, mm-hmm. if that doesn't tell you what the song is about, then you're not paying attention. Like, it, it's it's very cut and dry, heartbreaking. Uh, first time, I didn't catch on. Second time, uh, and then, like, the up until the eighth time, uh, yes. Uh, I am just going to run through uh, everything that I wrote because none of it is insightful. Uh, yo, I was having a good time before this. Now I'm sad. I'm also sad that this sounds like Chris Martin of Coldplay. Uh, I may have teared mm. up. This song is sad. I don't like it, but I'd listen to it again. My heart, it is wretched. And I give the song one out of 12 months. And yeah, it, it is pretty heart wrenching. You can see why they, this one was very much a come down because I mean, like, you can't do this one aggressively. Like, yeah. although gr- granted, like, you could be angry while singing it because, like, that's just your raw emotions coming out. Like, if you if you are in Talbot's shoes yeah. and it's your daughter that you're singing about, then yes, I I like part of me would have expected like a loud blaring section, which the kind of sort of is, but not really. Like the instrumentals get pretty aggressive at one point. But it's it's not like anything too driving in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the, the, this one, the drums are definitely more of a background piece. They're like this marching background piece of atmosphere. Uh, the guitars also had that like that emotional and like dread filled part of the atmosphere as well. So like, even if you aren't following the lyrics, you could still very much kind of get an idea for this song not being as fun as the other ones. Let's yeah. Just say much. Uh, hence the sadness through the whole mm-hmm. thing. You got nothing else? You just ran through I literally, literally, that was it. It was how sad I am, and there was no insight whatsoever. Because, like, what what am I supposed to say? There was very minimal music to it, which made the vocals much more effective. Uh, and enough that I think the third time I heard it, there was one singular tear, and I was like, that I hate this. There's only one other song that makes me cry like that. And uh, it's a is it the scientist by Coldplay? It's not. <laughs> it's definitely not. I don't know why I brought that one up, but okay. It 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 is not. It is not. But is it Symphony of Destruction by Megadeth? It is not. I'm just trying to brighten the mood. This is a very dark song. Okay. It's it is. It is. I have nothing else to say, so I'm just waiting for you to move on. <laughs> well, I, I got two more notes, and so I'll kind All of fly, right. I'll fly through them a little bit here. Um again with the dark subject matter like the vocals on this one are very pained and you can hear this is just another example of like i i I believe talbot having really good range Mm -hmm. because again like he's been kind of unhinged in other songs just kind of going off the rails whatever just kind of being in the mood he's in the mood in this one too but it's not the mood you want to be in like you, you you can you can hear just how like kind of sad he is and just the 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 whole baby shoes thing becomes like a mantra because he says it like eight times but the idea is just like this feels like him working it out, you know. This feels yeah. like its own form of therapy, and like that's every time he says it, he says it like differently yeah, or like with up, a little yeah. more. Yeah, so it's kind of like he is working towards that breakthrough of being okay. Yeah, by the end, he's like wailing it essentially. Yeah. So I mean, like, I I can only imagine like how. I I can't even say I can only imagine because I can't imagine what it's like to not only lose a child, but lose a child that hasn't even had a chance at life i mean like that yeah that, that's gonna i don't want to open any conversations by saying that by the way but i'm just gonna say in this particular situation it must really really suck uh this song has a sense of building that never really has a true climax but again uh given the subject matter it, it's it's kind of fitting like th- this note's pretty dark too but like this is kind of how i felt listening to it and like I'm, i don't mean to be facetious by saying this 
like you get that feeling of building you never get a true climax uh it is fitting because uh we didn't get what we had expected out of the song the same way that like he didn't get what he expected out yeah. of life i guess not not that i think it was planned that way like writing the song but it fits the narrative yeah in this weird just kind of like atmospheric like uh compositional kind of way so maybe they just kind of all picked up on it and like made it feel like that so i don't know i think it's pretty interesting yeah or it's like afterwards listening to it going oh my god like this really fits and then to keep mm-hmm. it that way so only to be another one of the musicians in the studio who when they were uh recording this like must have been hard to be sitting through yeah it's like half an hour silence afterwards where everyone just sort of sits there that's it yeah more or less all right well i mean we'll pick things back up now it's a song number seven samaritans the drums again so very they're back nice. mm-hmm. um listening to the lyrics or at least what I can get, kind of feels like a game of Simon Says. And it it does turn oh, yeah. in, isn't isn't it sort of like what sort of, what would, I assume this song is all the things he's heard as a man. I can see that. I yeah, kind of piece that together from what I heard. This is an anti-toxic masculinity ah, song. Good. This is the kind of song that lyrically I can attach myself to quite well because I mean, like, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it in the show before, but like, I'm generally more of a sensitive guy. Like I, I've never been a, like a locker room talker. Uh, I've, I've never been like cat calling woman chasing type yeah. dude. Like I've always had way more feelings. I've, I've felt more vulnerable my whole life. So, I mean, when I hear a song like this kind of calling it out, it makes me feel better. Yeah. Because like the vast majority, there's a few guys I've been able to be like vulnerable around, but like the vast majority is just like, they're the same fucking guy, like every single one of them. So like, it's, it's hard yeah. to like connect to anyone. Hence why like I connect better with women Yeah, because it's just like, Oh, I, we're not just talking about how much you want to fuck this broad over here. Okay, cool. Well, like, let's have a different conversation. Yeah. Um, so I at least appreciate the messaging in this song. Cause yeah, it's like, it's kind of like everything that you're just told to do as a man. Like literally at some point he keeps saying, grow some balls, just grow yeah. some balls. Oh no. Huh? We got a dead light going on here. My light died. Tell your light to grow some balls. <laughs> there we go. It seems, like, it seems like every week something happens with your lighting. Yeah, my my background never looks the same. My lighting never looks the same. I'm higher and lower in my chair. Uh, if anyone wants to join Kofi, uh, then I could pay for a second desk that I don't have to touch and deal with every single day. And better yeah. lights. Maybe even a bigger room. Who knows? Even a bigger a mansion. Thank you. Yeah, keep paying us a lot of money. Eventually, we'll just move into the uh, the studio, which is also a mansion. We'll just we're gonna live there. It's gonna be like twenty bedrooms. So like you can be like a mile away from me, and we're still living in the same house somehow. Yeah, we call that a compound. <laughs> I guess so, huh? <laughs> I call yeah. it the prison. <laughs> um but like even going back to the lyrics too like uh, like i'm pretty sure like a lot of people in our situations might be able to like relate to this but like the course this is why you never see your father cry yeah after hearing all these fucking lyrics about just a butcher be a man do this and i'm just like god yeah he is fucking right isn't he he's like like my dad's not a hard ass but he's definitely like you know emotionless boomer just like deal with it type shit like when when i tell him i've dealt with depression in my life he just he's like but you had a great childhood like it has nothing to do with like what happened to my childhood it's just if i could explain it i could probably deal with it better but i can't so i don't know this the lyrics in this one are great i i I like the messages in the song 
I I had to request that my dad say he's proud of me uh, because <laughs> because oh no literally I oh. I was in my 30s I lived in this house that I'm currently in and I've only been here for two years and he he has never said he was proud of me he said that pride is something that someone feels for themselves and I said no I said you've never said you were proud of me and he's like do you want that I said yeah I said I want to hear my dad say he's proud of me he's like I'm proud of you and I'm like it's a both fucking time so I can imagine that through his life he was not told that he never he never told me or like told his kids right so uh, well, it's, I, I, it's stuff like that. Even the most minuscule thing, like men do have it pretty fucking hard from child. Well, everyone has it so hard. My I, I, I think we've mentioned on the show before how like boomers have romanticized like being abused by their parents. Yes. Oh, my so God. I f- turned out fine. It's yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I did this, that and the other thing and whatever. Right. My, my, my dad like fucking drowned me in a toilet, but I'm fine. It's like. Right. No, I learned there, my there, lesson. You, you got some trauma you need to work out, but you you refuse to acknowledge. That's all it is. And you, right. you're just like accepting it. And hearing and hearing people like the, like on this album, it's refreshing to hear that someone is aware of it and still, I guess, young enough or really with it mentally enough to know that and to put steps uh, forward to change it as much as they can going forward which like self-awareness is definitely step one and there's a lot of that here well at, at the very least i think they're closer to our age i don't know exactly yeah. how old but i mean like if they were in that sixth form college or whatever the hell it was that i mentioned in the description uh that's for people between 16 to 19 years old and so if that was in 2009 like they've got to be something around our age Really? Okay. So again, I haven't. His age is probably listed somewhere. I just haven't looked it up. I mean, like I took that as a note. I'm just like, okay, so he's like a millennial, just like us. So he probably has that same idea of like the boomer parent, just like uncaring, just deal with it type bullshit. Yeah. Dang. Um, But beyond the lyrics, there is a song to talk about as well. Um, This song definitely has that like mid 2000s, like post punk revival feeling to it as well. Kind of like I mentioned earlier, too. Uh, But it sounds way more fun here than it did back then, at the very least. So I like the way they're presenting it. It makes it a lot more fun. And then you already said about the the drums again. Fantastic stuff. Love it. Uh, There's such a great addition to so many areas of this album. And uh, like, I love how they drive like prominently in the courses as well it really adds to the energetic flow i i love when like you can do a good course with like the tom drums and you don't feel the need to have like explosive symbols everywhere yes too many symbols too much like symbols can be great especially depending on what you're doing but i mean like you can through drums you can tell a better story just i mean there are drum circles who tell better stories without any symbols period so i mean yeah. like you can find a way to do it in your tracks and like trust me i'm I'm trying to do that on my own too with my own compositions so i like that they did it here i noted it love it yes um oh my god i guess i still have more to talk about too i thought i was done but nope um I, again, very good message. Uh, Generational toxic masculinity. Had to say that. A lot of uh, long words. Did not expect this song at all. Um, I don't know why I didn't expect it. I mean, we kind of got glimpses of what they were about earlier in the album. Uh, But I didn't expect this to be so straightforward. So that was pleasing. I liked that. 
Uh, I do like that the song didn't come down before ending. Like you had mentioned, it really just cuts off right at the end at the height of its intensity. I like that. Uh, And I give it 10 out of 10 thumbs. Oh, I wish I had that many thumbs. Just turn all my fingers (laughs) into thumbs. I'll put them all up. Are are all fingers thumbs if are or thumbs fingers? Thumbs are fingers. And that's I'm gonna stick to that end of the argument. I don't care. Actually, thumbs are toes. They're just very skinny toes. <laughs> that's disgusting. Okay, that that's that's exactly what I'm going. <laughs> I once asked Allison, like, would you hold my hand if all my fingers were toes? <laughs> oh my god, I I told um so if you haven't been here before, uh, my partner has two teenage kids, and uh, I told them that I would give them twenty dollars each if they would if they would lay on the couch with their feet facing each other and intertwine their toes with each other. Easiest twenty bucks, I'd I do it. I don't I'm care. still I'm still holding on to that twenty dollars. Did they do it? Uh, they didn't. Uh, and then weeks and weeks later, they asked for it, and I said, "No, no." I said it was for that time only. I said maybe the opportunity will come up again. And then my partner tried to do it with me, right? And then my partner tried to do it with me, and I almost broke his foot. I was like, you stay the fuck away from me. (laughs) I'm always trying to shove my foot in my partner's face. I've been gaslighting her for a whole year that she has a foot fetish. But the thing is, the thing is, like, I told her I'm going to gaslight her into believing she has one. And I I hope I'm making progress. (laughs) Any arts and crafts is all uh, footprints. You're like, yes. Perfect. It's working. <laughs> Creepy. Oh, and another thing about the song too. Uh, like I don't recall him mentioning things like this in other tracks. So it's like the Joe Talbot kind of coming out party, but the the kiss I kissed a boy and liked it. He's bisexual, by yeah. the way. I I read that. Um, yes. I did go to their Wikipedia page uh, after hearing that. I was like, I wonder. Um, yeah, he, he wouldn't probably... just say that just out of nowhere yeah. for like shock value. Like he legitimately means it he's he's bisexual he loves everybody type thing i uh i bet he did it better than katie perry because she well, kissed the, a girl and liked it too this song's better than that song i'll say that much well, i can agree with that yes it's not a bad pop song but the song's still better i don't care <laughs> um okay we'll move on song number eight television for what you can uh, relate to with the last song, this one definitely resonates with me as a North American millennial woman. Uh, everything in the song is catchy from the lyrics to the, again, the chorus to just the music. I really like it. It's like, I, I said it was a like a warm hug in the rain, but it's kind of like you're standing there and the rain is just all the pressures on you. And then just someone comes up and just gives you a hug and tells you it's okay. That's this song to me. It's like the nice raincoat as you're going for that walk. Or that person who puts the raincoat on you and leads you out of the rain. Ooh, holding holding the umbrella over you. There you go. Exactly. Either, either way, it doesn't really matter. There's many analogies you could do. Exactly. That's how it feels. Yeah. But yeah, like even like it's good that you got that from that because like even the first lines too. If if someone said to you what you do to you, I'd put their teeth. Yes. through. it's like don't talk shit on yourself. And I like, do constantly. So that really don't we all that really yelled at me when I heard that. Even the first time that didn't take two two listens to get that hit me the first time. So does that mean if I'm talking shit myself that he's gonna like? just boot me into the curb or something like that like it's is this gonna happen regardless how dare you treat chris like that yes probably (laughs) uh so with this one uh it does feel like a little similar to like i'm scum uh like structurally 
Uh, but it's still like a fun little peppy track. I do it again. I'm really enjoying like the difference in like the guitar layer and the verses and everything like that. So it's still giving me things to like notice and have fun with. Uh, the different sounds and textures work really well with each other. So I'm I'm having fun with this one sonically. But yeah, just noticing that we're kind of getting tastes of previous songs on the album in this one. Uh, I feel that way a little later on, so it hasn't caught up to me yet. Um, but again, the message in this song, definitely, uh, digestible, even if you don't experience it yourself, you're definitely going to see it. You're going to know somebody who has, so it's definitely universal. And I, I like that it's universal. I just don't like that. It has to be universal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I'm still, I can't, I'm caught off guard with all this positive insight i'm just i'm not used to listening to stuff like this so i'm just waiting for it to take that downturn yet has not um and then i just have my uh ridiculous review at the end but that's really all that i thought of the song i really liked it and it's uh it is a bop yeah and i guess anyone who doesn't know this this song is where it says about like self-love and like positivity upon yourself and just also with the television it's just like not listening to what media tells you to be type thing where it's like the, we we've this is like it tells all this time at this point or at least this old the internet and magazines at this point yeah. where it's like you'll see images in a magazine or on instagram of like these beautiful people and they they look flawless perfect skinny muscles in the right place sexy whatever that's not you but you can be that way yeah then the whole idea of the song is don't fucking listen to that you're fucking awesome as you are and so yes very very positive uplifting type stuff in this one so uh i, I agree with the message wholeheartedly uh and the only other note i have is uh the hook being is really catchy but not nearly as much as the other ones so yeah. i like this song i don't there's not a single song in this album i don't like but this one didn't catch me as nearly as much as the others I'm going to have to start writing a list of the songs and then putting X's and check marks around ones that I don't think you're going to put or that we're going to match on. It would just all be X's, to be quite honest. Well, we we got to get at least one this week because we got zero out of 18 last week. I'm like, oh, that's, a, that's a painful one. Yikes. Well, there's 12, so hopefully we can get at least one. Uh, this song gets, okay, now if this is beyond you, sorry. Uh, this one gets six Gene Rayburns and maybe four Pat St. Jackson. You know what? One Richard Dawson because he stands alone. Okay, so Pat Sajak. Yes. I know. Yes. Who's the first one? Gene Rayburn. Wait, that's from, is he a game show host? Yes, he is. They all are. <laughs> okay, the, the Richard Dawson, I wouldn't know because I just thought of Dawson's Creek and I thought of James Vanderbeek. Yeah. Um, Gene Rayburn. Uh, is that like fucking, I don't know, $10,000 pyramid or some shit or whammy or no. whatever? A uh, match came from the 70s, and Richard Dawson uh, was the host of Family Feud that would always kiss all the women on the mouth. Oh, he was the creep who, like, grabbed them real close to him, practically, like, put his hand on their fucking shirts and stuff? Yes, but with a song called Television, I was like, I'm just going to think of television hosts, and I love old game shows, so why not? Surprised you didn't go the obvious route and say Bob Barker. You I was went, going to, but it was too obvious. You should have went super obscure and found, like, the name of the dude who does Supermarket Sweep. Oh my God, I love that show. Sometimes I'll run around the grocery store and yell to Cody, I'm on Super Mart, and he tells me to stop. You bring the shopping cart up and there's like like eight giant wheels of cheese and like three legs of lamb. You're just like, we're going to win. <laughs> Watching my show even now. 
Oh, oh I actually God. watched it recently, and actually, I use that the 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 theme song to the show I use on my radio show for the game show that we do. <laughs> I love so that. I, I was in charge of choosing the music for it. I was like, oh, it's Supermarket Sweep. I grew up with that shit enough. So, I feel great every time I listen to it, and it's an it's an MP3 in my folder because I got to use it every fucking week. I am so happy that I brought out some happy memories by just mentioning rando people that probably are in the most like disgusting commercial game show that exists it's one of my favorites as a child oh yeah yeah then you realize that the price is right is really just shilling products you're like what in the consumerism am i in and then you're then you find yourself sitting in the audience going pick me pick me this is so much fun well, I love the supermarkets week. I'll always like ask you questions about products. Like, what do you remember about this product? And like, <laughs> this is the quote of this product. So like, oh, it's just driving that advertising in your head. That's terrible. Disgusting. I love it though. I love it. It is. It, you could even say it's great. Song number nine. Great. I won't Rattle it. <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything about that. It was pretty decent. Uh, rattling bass. Nice. Real nice, right from the beginning. And I swear to God, the clean singing sounds like Chris Martin. And I no, say this, no. it definitely does. Not even close. Oh, it definitely does. Maybe if you listen to more Coldplay. Um, I've heard enough Coldplay in my life. Not enough to know. Um, I know what he sounds like. And uh, I am definitely disappointed that there is more spelling. Um, it's five for, letters. It's not even that for, bad. Verbatim. Oh, great. More spelling. I found that witty and funny. Um, but the wait, effort. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Here's my knee. Here's my knee. There you go. Slap. Thank it. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I thought it was going to go right over your head, but I'm really glad that you, you tuned right I'm in. not that flexible. <laughs> um, oh, wait. You meant the joke. Anyways. <laughs> I work, with, I work with morons. Um, the uh, the affirming, that's great. In the chorus, in behind, like the back vocals. Oh my God, that gets me every time and I love it. It's just like, just the speaking where it's like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah great. that's great. Yeah, I love it. That Ah, it's just a fun song. Yeah, it, it feels cartoony in that kind of way, but it, it, it is fun. Another, yeah. uh, I, I can't really say this like, this is one of those like call out songs again it's not necessarily just positive but it's like calling out just like shitty people type deal mm. um <clears throat> this one to me felt a little similar to other tracks as well yes. uh but uh but for some reason that ascending bass riff that kind of goes to the verses uh made it a little more fun for me so i didn't think about it too much or anything of course great hook in the song the great spell along even though if you yeah. if you can't spell just in case it was g-r-e-a-t because i know that you already you, you yeah. apparently can't spell bananas so i had to tell you what this one said that said banana oh my god oh my Samantha. god i'm so i'm so stupid i'm not cutting that out by the way you didn't you didn't have to say that part out loud you honestly don't think i could spell bananas this joke went a lot farther than i wanted it to and i love it are you just trying to save face now? You <laughs> started laughing and I'm like, I really hope this goes somewhere. I was almost, I was feeling more disappointment than comedy. I'm like, bananas, what? Oh boy. Excuse me. And it was only, uh, it was only amplified when this second song had, had spelling in it. And I was like, oh my God, this is just perfect. It's a, it's a twofer. It's a twofer. 
Well, you're a good method actor. I'll give you that much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I can I can definitely act like I'm stupid. Thank you. Continue. The spell along sing along course has a lot of life to it. So I really like that. It makes it really easy to remember. A short and sweet track too, like two minutes, 44 seconds. Uh, this is a good filler track on the back half of the album, still digging the messages that were being given. Uh, again, this one was like the most explosive song for me on the album, but I don't have any real complaints about it. Um, I just got one more. It d- definitely took far too long to say we're all in this together. Um, it was just like, okay, I, again, I don't want to like blame the ADHD, but like speak a little faster. I've really got places to be things to do. Thank you. Um, and this song gets three Apple Martins out of two. It's like, uh, when, when people, when he says we're all in this together, it's like when people send those messages in like forums or texts, where there's like a clap emoji between each word. I'm telling you we're doing this now. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's like exact same. Yeah. It, I got those vibes, and I'm pretty sure people were still doing that back in 2018. Uh, All the yes. way back in the ancient year 2018, Five the pre the pre virus times. I honestly, it's like before 9 11, after 9 11. That's before, a whole different world. No, yeah, yeah, but it's like our lives as millennials are split up into these chunks where it's like. Uh, we we don't really have before internet, so like the internet can't really signify anything because like I was learning computers and internet and stuff when I was young. But that's You're more older point. than Google, right? So it's like <laughs> the uh, it's before nine eleven, then after nine eleven, and that kind of just leads right over the the two thousands, twenty tens, right up to right up to COVID because nothing like earth shattering happened to major events happen but nothing like historically changing right and uh maybe if we were european maybe the whole russia oh yeah like we're not kicking our asses in the comments right now well moving that on but uh but yeah it was like pre 9 11 then post 9 11 which is pre-covid and now we're post-covid so it's kind of like next right and it's i was thinking that recently that it's like you sometimes you hear a song or at least I do and I'm like oh this came out in like 2019 but I don't think 2019 I think was I doing regular normal things when that came out or was I at home alone (laughs) and it's just kind of gauging that it's it's wild how that works now but when, when this album came out is when I decided to quit the workforce and go to college so 2018 was a very definitive year yeah 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 and then Damn. the pandemic happened. I still graduated twice. Fuck you, pandemic. Yeah, stick it. I dropped out and never looked back. <laughs> but now you have a podcast because of it. I do. I do. Thank so something you. kind of positive came out of it. I'm not going to say 100%. <laughs> That's yet to be seen. All right. Song number 10. Yeah, we have to wait until we have like a million subs before we say it's a success. Song okay. number 10, Gram Rock. Um... I, I know I said this at the beginning and I know I said it every other song. Uh, these drum fills are sick. And I wrote it that way because they are sick. Uh, now, the way that the song starts, uh, what what is it? I'm sorry that your granddad died or something. Then, I, uh... yeah, what a lovely spread. I... I imagine that he's wasted at a wake for someone he doesn't know, consoling family members in an aggressive way. In a drunk, uh, aggressive way. 
yeah, where it's like, oh, I'm so sorry your grand your granddad died. And then he's like, oh, nice spread. It's just all these like, you know, church basement sandwiches and everything. And he's like stumbling on everything. And then he's like laying on everyone's pile of coats on the chair, because clearly this is in the basement of a church. And he's going 10 points to Gryffindor and clearly drunk. So that's what I'm getting from this. Uh, someone high out of their mind inappropriately or drunk. I, I did I didn't like the Harry Potter reference. <laughs> I heard it and was like, what the fuck is this? Okay, but then like, once you piece it into the drunk, you're like, ah, they're just drunk. As, assuming fine. it has anything to do with being drunk, though, that's your own narrative. Yeah, exactly. Because like I, this is this is like one of the, the only songs the album I didn't look into like the lyrics of, which I probably should have because why the fuck is he mentioning Harry Potter? I'm, I'm missing something here, and I know I am. Yeah. But just I, I don't know. I, I especially know that it can't be alcohol because I think at this point he got sober, like in real life, because he did battle alcoholism. Um, or maybe it's a reflection on something. I don't know. Uh, and then on future albums, he also like literally referenced moments of him being drunk and almost ruining his life. So like yeah. in, in the Crawler album and Ultramano, like he makes songs about that. So who knows? Maybe it has something to do with it. Okay, so you said you didn't look into the lyrics uh, without repeating any. This these are the lyrics. I'm sorry, your granddad's dead. Ah, lovely spread. I scored a win. Bada, bada, bing. I'm the king. Uh, what else is different? I'm sorry, your mother's dead. Um, all of that is the same. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I got new shoes because I mean business. Uh, 10 points to Gryffindor. My boy, Tom Hidd- my boy, fuck Tom Hiddleston's stylist. I do remember that part, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that and I thought... I thought he said stylus, and I went, that's disgusting. He sounded himself. <laughs> then, then <laughs> I hate the fact that I was taught what that meant. Um, uh, and then I heard stylist, and then I went, that's disgusting. If it's consensual, who cares? It's well, not yeah, but some people seek out people like that just because they're close to someone else, and that's kind of oh, what famous, I think. Famous, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, weird. I I guess the song has something to do with the class system. Then just re- going through those lyrics immediately in my head, it just sounds like something of like you're lesser than me. So, oh, I'm sorry, this happened to you. Anyways, big things are happening for me though. It sounds like a class system type deal. So maybe that's what it is. Okay, okay. Now that you've said that, I'm reading that kind of with that context. I'm like, I can see that. I, yeah, I but it I don't know what the the Harry yeah. Potter reference is supposed to get but, <laughs> right yeah um yeah, maybe that is it but going back to the music of the song now um the wavy unsettled guitar in the first verse is really cool addition I really like that again kind of like just the weird instrumentation uh it fits it it fits while not fitting if that makes any sense we mean just like how it's just like this weird wavy guitar that shouldn't be fitting in, but it kind of fits everything that's happening. So that's I do cool like album. that. Yeah, oh yeah, more. Like, but right. I really noticed it here yeah. though for this one, so I liked it. Okay. Uh, in, that's that's when I said the Harry Potter thing. Not sure why we need the Harry Potter reference towards the end. That's a little rad, randomly ad libbed, but whatever, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, excuse me, burpee. Uh, my last note is just these chords I'm hearing sound so good, but so wrong. And maybe I was listening to the same part, uh, you were, cause they definitely sounded weird, but like so good at the same time. I mean, yeah, I'm probably, cause it's, it's a pretty short song, two minutes and 28 seconds. So I don't know how we can get two vastly different parts out of this. Um, I, I like how the chorus feels a little more aggressive this time around. So I did yeah. enjoy that. The guitars and bass are all like running on that, like that lower growling kind of sound. And I really dig that. 
Uh, and again, though, again, being only tw- two minutes and 20 seconds, this one's like sh- short and sweet again. Another filler kind of track. Yeah. Uh, two and a half minutes did the song well because any longer wouldn't have worked. Uh, I agree. And to just touch upon your uh, comment about it being a short song, uh, chances are whatever's part I'm talking about is probably the part that you're thinking of. Um, I have supersonic hearing and I hear things that you don't. So who knows? Maybe what I'm talking about doesn't even actually exist. Is that why I pointed things out in songs in the past where you're just like, I didn't hear that. that that's your really good supersonic hearing right there. Yes, I was listening to things more important than whatever it was you were talking about. Oh, the things you didn't describe in those albums. Oh, okay, yeah, we're on the same wavelength now. I got you, I got you. Um, sorry, what? Could you speak a little bit louder? Thank you. This podcast is important. Start listening. Song number 11, penultimate track, Cry to Me. Yeah, Cry to Me. No, yeah. me. So listening to this song, I was like, this It's a sounds- cover, by the way. It's a cover. <laughs> this sounds like This sounds like something familiar. It it doesn't sound like the song I audit like I initially thought it sounded like, uh, but a Google search, yeah, it's definitely a cover. Um, I only realized when a little bit sounded familiar. I don't even recognize any of the other covers because I feel like it's one of those ones that came out in like the early not I want to say nineteen hundreds, but like. It's well because I don't know if it came out in like the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. It's like 50s or 60s yeah. around there, probably 60s, like early 60s. But it's one of those songs that have like a bunch of covers, so I don't actually know who released it first. But point is, it feels menacing, like he's telling me to cry to him, but he'll use it against me later or stab me. Which he won't, because if we learned anything from this album, is that Joe Talbot's a very positive man. In disguise, he is a sheep in wolf's clothing. I'm going to go ahead and doubt that. <laughs> Why? Nothing would lead me to believe that. That that, that that sheep's so, clothing is sewn on tightly yeah, if no, he is indeed a wolf. No, no. He's not a wolf in sheep's clothing. He's a sheep in wolf's clothing. He's all oh, nice and nice missed, and delicate. Yeah, yeah. See? Where's your supersonic hearing, motherfucker? Um... So, uh, it sounds, voice. it sounds spooky and like, Ooh, I don't know. Like, you know, uh, think twice about encountering me, but really he's singing about love and, you know, fun stuff. So. Well, cause even in the original, I listened to it, it's by Solomon Burke. I believe his name was, I, I listened to it before we got to this review actually, just cause I wanted that for reference. Um, and the only thing that's, I mean, it is a different style. It's like old, like Motown R&B soul kind of music mm-hmm. from like the early 60s. I don't know what it would have been classified at that point if it was classified like that. But like, it obviously has that feel to it. And he says, uh, baby, cry to me. But then uh, in this song, he's like, boy, cry to me. Like he specifically yeah. says boy, because again, it's just supposed to be one of those anti-toxic masculinity things where it's just like, you can cry to me. You can be vulnerable and yeah. comfortable around me. Like, don't worry about the other dudes. Like I'm here. Yeah. So yeah, like, I, I can appreciate that little twist on it. Yeah, I, I noticed the uh, the very first line because I was looking at the lyrics just because I didn't know if it actually was a direct cover. So I was reading them. And uh, first line, it says something about baby, uh, if your baby or whatever. But this song says if anybody. So it kind of changes it to be a little bit more, uh, I don't know, encompassing. And I actually kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I mean, it didn't change the tone of the song whatsoever. So why not? Yeah. Why yeah. not? 
Um, this one had like another post-punk styling to it, kind of like I've mentioned before with one of the other tracks too. And because it's a cover too, I like that they added that style to it. I thought it was a really good choice to make it more of a modern feel. Yeah. Uh, I thought Joe's performance in the song was really good too. I really liked it. It's kind of all over the place with like tone, volumes, and the back and forth between like aggressive and clean is also really well done. So this is just another one of those like good performances for him altogether. Uh, There's nothing really wrong with this track i don't dislike it it didn't catch me as much although it was like one thing i did really appreciate more was like i could actually appreciate the sludgy pacing of this because everything's been really fast on this album so now we got to like what can be argued as the slowest song aside from something like june for example so like i can appreciate that this one's slower and we're getting to the end so it's nice to have one more of these yeah i uh I agree, and I am glad that this is the uh, second to last. It is not the last, because if we were listening to this at the end, it would kind of like pull the brakes and really halt the whole thing. Uh, so I'm kind of glad that we, you know, pushed it a little farther from the end. So, I like Oh, it. yeah, they, they bookended the energy when they did that with song number Definitely. 12, Rottweiler. Definitely, and it bites like a Rottweiler. Um, I like that we're going out. Again, I like that we're going out on the same en- amount of energy they've been sustaining thus far. Um, okay, there's nothing happening in this song aside from general manic thoughts and probably hallucinations. <laughs> um, if, if it helps at all, I, I believe this song was written because Joe didn't like the way that minority groups were being treated through media, especially like radio and stuff like that. And how like he didn't feel there was enough opportunity being given to them. And just, they're just more or less being like, I don't want to say criminalized, but probably yeah. in that vein. Interesting. And just like marginalized, just kind of pushed out of the side. And he didn't like that. So that's kind of what the song is about. And okay. I believe that he even when playing live, I believe he even said to the crowd, this song is about fascists. Oh. So he said that very directly. So there you go. I, I think that's what he said. It's been a while since I've seen that performance. Um, yeah, so this is an interesting song. It's like nearly five and a half minutes. But the weirdest part is like the song part of it is like one quarter of the entire track. Yeah. Uh, the, the verses and the choruses are a little more blending, but I like the way it sounds, especially with the guitar work that transitions the two. I really like it. But then like the first quarter was that straightforward part. Then the next three quarters to follow are just like, an intense building instrumental that gets kind of like really crazy. And I personally love that kind of stuff. Uh, it really encapsulates most of what we've gotten so far and like probably brings the album to an end. As I said before, this one bookmarks it really well or mm-hmm. bookends it, I should say. Um, and I wrote specifically if previous reviews haven't shown it, I do love a good noisy ending to a final song. Yes, you definitely. Because do. I mean, we did the Nirvana thing. We did the Foo Fighter thing. Yeah. Wait, and I'm going to say that again just so I can put more cards above my head if we've gotten that far through the album. So I said Nirvana. Now Foo Fighters, there's the card above my head. Okay, perfect. Just making sure we can get all the uh, the, the cards we can. We can only get five per episode, so I have no oh idea God. how many we would have by now. <laughs> uh, I haven't made any callbacks myself, so I think you probably still have like th- two or three to go. And cram those right in. I'll, I'll find some. I think we maybe talked about Pearl Jam earlier. If not, there's another card. There you go. Throw it on. Oh my God. If we can't get offline, that's fine. I'll, I'll find something. Uh, I'm just trying to see what the last song on Nirvana's album is. Because you said that it was like, it was after uh, something in the way. Yeah. See, I thought that's what it was. 
Um, no, it was that really it? long, noisy track that I think I put as number one. Huh. Oh, well, I'll take your word for it. I don't remember. Wikipedia is asking me for money, so I'm out of here. Um, so for this song, uh, I really like the cleaned up, cranked out guitars. Uh, definitely clean. Doesn't sound like there's any effects on it, but it sounds like they're cranked to the max. Uh, I like that. Uh, I did mention that half of the song has really just been the outro, which actually isn't that bad because no. it is it is better than singing the same eight lines a third time. So the fact that they really just sort of separated that to the beginning, I liked. Um, and the chaotic ending, like pretty close to the end where really it ramps up to that peak. Uh, they really could have added like duck quacks and cow moos and like ridiculous sound effects. And it it probably would have like fleshed it out. It wouldn't have sounded weird. It would have just sort of, you go, what was that? But then by the time you think about it, it's gone. Um, and uh, yeah, I have a couple more, but uh, I don't want to steamroll you on this one. I, I That's all I really had for this one because like a lot of it just came down to me really enjoying like the really noisy ending and just like, how this the song technically goes nowhere but yeah i i do like it though because again it's just like a very chaotic ending to a very energetic crazy album so i just i really liked it and by the way the song was called endless nameless on nirvana oh yeah i always thought it was something in the way interesting well that was my number one yeah. um so just saying that this this song doesn't really go anywhere it kind of feels like when you're in a car and you're blasting the music, but outside the car, you can't hear it. It's all sort of contained. And that's kind of how I felt listening to this. Um, now at the end, he yells, you know, like burn it down, you know, end it all sort of stuff. And I was imagining that that's how this show, this current recording would end, where we both burn our sets down which in turn means we literally just arsoned our house. Yeah. And then typing that, I learned that arsoned as a past tense uh, actually is an, is an actual word. Didn't know that, never used it before. Uh, 66 fires out of 666. Arsoned. That's a weird word. Uh, yeah, right? I, don't, I don't think I've heard I, that. I typed it and there was no autocorrect. So I Googled it. I'm like, shit, I've never actually said that before. So yeah, the more you know, arson is a word. You know, you know, if 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 this was our full time job and I could like do way more crazy edits with this, I would literally put in badly green screen fire over top of our screens right now, and that'd <laughs> yeah. just be it. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, if you want me to do it, you have to go to kofi.com slash write the record, pays five bucks a month, makes this a full time job for us. I'll do it then. <laughs> but other than that. I'll just leave it as it is. And that's all yes. I have to say about Rottweiler. I think you're done too. Yes, so that yes. brings us to the end of Idol's Joy as an Act of Resistance. So thank you very much for joining us today and uh, like listening to this album with us and or if you did or just listening to us talk about it. Regardless, uh, we want to know what you think about the album. So let us know down in the comments below of wherever you're listening because there's comment sections everywhere. And while you're doing that, we do have to move on to part two or three. So there's always more you can tell us. It's time to rank the songs. So above our heads, booms. Graphic has changed. Graphics have changed. There are names. There are numbers. So there's going to be more names. Uh, song needs to be specific because now this is a part of the show where we take every song that we've just listed and go through worst to best, least favorite to favorite, not so great to great. However you want to categorize it is what we got to do now. And uh, this part should be interesting. And I we need at least one match 
here because again, last week for Carpenter Brute, we had zero of 18. So we need at least one to help us again. Chris, look me in the eyes. Don't fuck this up. Okay. Match with me because there's no way I'm going to match with you. Match this is my me. album match with Just me. Bring about. bring the energy. I don't think we're going to get one. I will be pleased if we get one, ecstatic if we get more. I I feel like this is going to be one of those our lists are inverse of each other. There's going to be something I didn't get a lot from you being like, oh, I like this song. I like this song. Yes, you picked the album. Of course you like these songs. I don't know where you're going to lie any of them. I think only so, one of them is obvious. <laughs> Only one of my songs that I've talked about is completely obvious of where it is. Yeah, but it could be in like the top three. I think it's pretty obvious. Or number one. I don't know. Maybe I'm just stupid. Anyways, what is your number 12? Uh, well, before I say that, I'd like to say to, to all the uh, lore lovers out there, I found my tiny pencil. I haven't retired it yet. Just just saying. So I'm using it again until it's a nub. Anyways, my song number 12 is Love Song. Uh, mine is Cry To Me. Right to me. Yeah. Number Wait. 11, Gramrock. Number 11, Love Song. <laughs> well, we got the one off at the very least. Yeah. Number 10, Television. Number 10, Great. Number 9, Cry to Me. That is not great. Samaritans. Samaritans. Number 8, Great. <laughs> Well, oh, at least learned. it's leaving more uh, room for us at the bottom there. Fair. What Mine is your number is eight? Rottweiler. 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 Number seven. I'm scum. Colossus. This isn't looking good. Number six. June. Graham Rock. Graham Rock. Let's see. We can still match two. Right. So who knows? Uh, no, that was before. Uh, so number five, Samaritans. Never fight a man with a perm. We can match one more. Uh, and it, it, it's going to have to be this one. Number four, Danny Nadelko. I'm not having it today. It is I'm scum is my number four. You are scum, aren't you? Glad you felt it. I did say we weren't going to get any matches. So, I mean, I was right. Number three, Rottweiler. Play the tape. Danny Nadelko. Danny and I'll put Danny in. Number two, never fight a man with a perm. June. And number one, Colossus. Le Television. I... Did you pick that one as your number one because you could like relate so well to the lyrics? It's because it's the one that I would listen to the most. And yes. Fair enough. Like you, you put it on, you look in the mirror, you put it on, you hype yourself up to just leave the house and check the mail. If it works for you, though, <laughs> right? it did its job. Exactly. Uh, we didn't do our job because we didn't match shit again. Yikes. So that is now what? Zero for 30 in the last two shows? Our uh, totals are going to look like garbage on Instagram when I post this. But you know what doesn't have to look like garbage? Our actual rating of the album. That could be a hell of a lot better than the song rating rankings. So let's find that out now. Transition screens. Alrighty then. Album rating screen. Here we are. 
everything is here that we've done before and we're going to do more because I mean, what the hell else is this for? It's the upgrading screen. Savannah's shaking her head because we're not on camera. So I had to specify that for literally everyone. Well, well, like I eventually would have said something. Uh, maybe uh, I'm just looking at the the ranking uh, screen right now. And I'm just very disappointed at the amount. I, I, I'm just going to bitch quote it every single time. The amount of albums that you have picked that are in the A tier is just like it hurts me. Uh, I have uh, two that I've picked. Um, and only one of them, hoping this is accurate, uh, is in the top 10. I don't uh, know where I've gone wrong. It should be accurate. I mean, the list is pretty accurate. How did I go wrong? Honestly, like, like, is it my taste in music? Is it because <laughs> yes. I met, is it because I met somebody who has listened to things that I've never heard of and I hate them so? Like, I just, it, everything is just, it's so, so disappointing. And well, and I didn't even pick this album. So even if I loved this one, my name isn't going up next to that album. What what can I'm, I say? I I pick albums that I, I enjoy and you just so happen to enjoy them too. I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with that, despite the fact that you don't like my names on it. You know, at, for like two hours after recording this podcast, everything I look at has a K on it. And it's like, Oh no, Chris. Oh no, Chris. Oh no. And then just your picture, just your head just spins around while I'm trying to sleep. Oh, I just imagine because you're a white person, a bunch of K's in your house that you're actually just extremely racist. Well, anyways, we had to figure out where this album is going. I guess the uh, eye rolling isn't audible. No, no, it's not. All right, moving we'll on. We'll figure out where Joy's uh, Idols, Joy as an Act of Resistance is going, because it's the one we did today. And I'm going to make you go first, because it was my choice. All right, well, this my one's easy. choice. 79. 79 even, eh? 79 even. Um, I Again, I already said this at the beginning. Didn't know what to expect. Listened to it thoroughly once and went, okay. Uh, then second to fifth time, I was like, I'm down for it. And uh, now we'll just see how many times I listen to it going forward. I see. I actually just fucked up the math on my calculator. Oopsie daisy Uh-oh. behind the scenes. Oh, I said oh, 82, I, I re- if that's anything. Oh, you want me to put 82? I'll, I'll bump no, it up. That's fine. No, thanks. No, thanks. Please. It's 79. 79 even. Okay, hold on. I, I, I fucked up my bad. The there we go. Uh, you are right, isn't the A tier? Because I, I I went high on this one because obviously I like it. 85.41. So that puts it up to an 82.20. Chris does it again. 82.20. Hell yes. It is better than year zero, but not as good as last week's. Ooh, look at yeah. that. Carbon of Brew, it's still doing it. Yeah, yeah. So did that still leave? Are you, are you out of the top ten completely now? Like it's just gone. Everything's gone. Fuck you. <laughs> you can see the screen. I can. So I'm genuinely curious. I don't remember where anything is at this point. Yes. Uh, the only thing that I was I was holding on to was Foo Fighters. I was like, please, please don't let me down because I just chose that and it just just crossed the eighty. No, 
Yeah, it just crossed out of eight. I don't know, whatever, whatever. I'm trying to say, I'm just pissed. Okay, I'm just pissed. It's now number 11. Chris, you have, or the requests, or anniversaries, pretty much anything I didn't choose is in the top 10. So yeah, there's like two requests and anniversary, and then seven of me. Good times. Happy times. Happy not, days. Not for anybody. Even the fawn said A when he saw our list, because he, he knows A tier, you don't. <laughs> that's just obvious. I mean, you have eight here. You're technically they're just not top ten. <laughs> Anyways, would you like a shovel? You can you can dig faster with one. Sure, why not? <laughs> Whatever helps you in the end, I guess, because you, you need all the help you can get. Yikes! So, with that said, we are now at the end of this particular episode an atl you know what say what you will though season five has actually had a lot of atl albums regardless which is nice uh it's been different considering the vast majority of shit we usually do is b tier so i don't care who's is where and who's doing what just cool we're filling up the a tier i like it and eventually we could just start picking on that and beg for d tier albums i i care i care how am i supposed to look at myself in the mirror and go you you listen to good music you you did a good job. How, well, am I, you, how am I supposed to do that? Well, you can still do that because you do that now because I've introduced you to it. <laughs> You're saying I do it now because I'm just as delusional. <laughs> if that works better for you, then you know what? You just go with whatever's your own <laughs> fucking narrative. I don't write it for you. You're your own independent person. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Independent but, women. Yes. Here we are at the end. 82.20. It is an A minus tier album, but you know what? That's fine. We'll take it. Another A tier. Fantastic. So thank you very much for joining us today on this particular episode. Uh, if you like what you see and or here today, once again, let us know down in the comments below where we're listening because there's comment sections everywhere. And let us know we're on social media is at Rate the Record Podcast over on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. And all of that can be found at RateTheRecord.ca. All the streaming links, all the social media links, the RTR Club requesting an album and merch, which I don't think I pointed out in the beginning, but if I did, whatever, there is merch. There's a mug on screen. I had a t-shirt somewhere. I got something else coming in the mail, so that's pretty cool. You can have something else coming in the mail, too, if you order it. Go ahead and do it. Once again, RateTheRecord.ca. That's where you find all that stuff. Pretty damn cool. Yes, everything he said could be found at RateTheRecord.ca. I was talking so fast, I made myself kind of dizzy, so I need to breathe for a minute there. <laughs> I'm seeing stars. Oh, well, I, I'm seeing A's at the very least. So, with that said, we'll let you go. But hold on, psych, we're not letting you go, because there's one more thing we got to do, and we got to give you a little teaser for next week's episode. Uh, Savannah can't redeem herself next week, because it is indeed a request album that we're doing, and another one. This is a request we got back in season four, I'll say that much, but Savannah's mm -hmm. going to let us know a little bit about it. Okay, so... Like you said, it is a request that we got uh, last season, but it is the first, it is the first artist or band that we are doing. I don't know how to say this without giving any anything away. This is the first band or artist that has been requested twice. Mike Patton. No, I guess only Tomahawk counts for that one. <laughs> yeah. Like the Mr. first Bungle one. Oh, wait, no. Faith No More and Tomahawk. So we're doing Mike Patton next week. Excellent. We're doing Phantomas. Okay. I I, I read it as Phantomas, and I, I prefer it that way. It's very, you can say uh, whatever you want. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, no, but the way I say it is correct. But you're wrong anyways. It's not Mike Patton. Well, I'm going to live in my delusion that it is Mike Patton next week. So we have another A-tier album on the way. 
I or look damn near to close it. to it. Uh, but I mean, hey, uh, so yeah, we've done them on the show before. Can you guess who it is? It was request last time. It's a request again. So uh, get searching, I guess. Winner receives a high five digitally. I don't know. But regardless, go find that out. And also go listen to some awesome music like Idols. Uh, it's a you... good album. Listen damn to it. Man. Just just listen to it despite Chris somehow. I don't know. Hex them or something, please. It's October. Sure, why not? Do anything you want. Go listen to some idols, and we'll see you again next week. Take care, friends. Goodbye.